Hello and welcome. This is Modern Beers and 90s Nostalgia, your favorite podcast and the only one that talks about what I'm about to talk about. What could that be? We'll find out soon. This week we are in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and as a Lions fan, I hate being here, but as a beer fan, it's been pretty nice. And as a 90s fan, uh, Wisconsin only reminds me of one thing, and that is where Bartleby and Loki are cursed to spend eternity. But we'll get into that a little later. We are in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, and we're going to talk about a bunch of good Green Bay stuff. Uh, if you are from Green Bay or in the Wisconsin area, or you're just a Packers fan and you're listening to this, I'd like to take this time at the beginning of the show to apologize for all the shit talking I'm going to do. Because even though the Lions have never won a Super Bowl, it's in it's in my blood to hate you. I'm sorry. It's like a Michigan-Ohio thing. It's just, you know, whatever, Aaron Rodgers. Hail Mary, son of a bitch. See, I'm doing it already. But I apologized ahead of time, so I feel justified. We'll keep going, because this is ridiculous. Uh, I got I got two different beers, two different breweries, and a great, great, hilarious movie to cover. So I want to jump right into it and get into the beer. Woo-hoo! Never said I was innocent. I will burn it out for the things I've done to you. Never said I was anything good. I should die from the shame for what I put you through. Let me be the one to bring us back from the dead. I will take the blame So we have two different breweries that I'm going to try here in Green Bay. Now I will say I contacted uh, one of these breweries and... They tried to free up some time to talk to me at the brewery itself, but couldn't do so. So, you know, fuck them, but not really. They're, uh, well, let's, you know, I'm not going to judge yet because I haven't tried their beer. So maybe, maybe my feelings will change. This beer has gotten uh, great reviews from local people. When I ask which brewery they recommend me stopping by, um, most people say Town Brewing. And we'll give this an open here. Mmm. So, Town Brewing opened December 3rd, 1996. So, this guy's been around for uh, 22 years now. And, um, ooh, pouring it a little full. Probably going to break my computer by spilling beer all over it. That's okay. But they, uh, they're in the old Chicago Northwestern Railroad Depot building. So, it's pretty cool. It's an old train station that uh, was vacant for a couple of years 94 to 96 that they bought and converted into the brewery and actually just finished a 10-day renovation of the restaurant haven't visited the restaurant but the menu looks delicious so i might still have to jump in there and try it out but before i try the restaurant i'm gonna try the beer so this is johnny blood red this is an irish style red ale uh, it says it's won a silver medal, so whoopty frickin' do, guys. Good for you. It sounded sarcastic, but I meant it. I meant it wholeheartedly. Um, you know, I have I have an issue already. And I was looking at this before I started recording, but I feel like I'll just talk about it on the air. There is no mention on their label of the alcohol uh, or the IBU. And... That really wouldn't be an issue for me if I could find it online. But the link they have to their beer listing on their brewery's website is broken. So that's... I'm sorry, people. It's 2018. If you can't get your link to work on your GeoCities website, I don't know I don't know how to help you. Uh, the beer is traditional Irish red. It's, it's definitely got 
nice red hue to it when I hold it up to light there. I'm not a huge red ale fan. Um, not for any, it's not bad. They just, I've never had a red ale that doesn't just taste basic. Uh, red ale seems to be a very basic beer. Now they do have, I believe it's called Green 19, which is their IPA. And that, um, I'm sure is better than this, but I could not find it. They just recently started putting six packs into stores in the last few years. And I believe that's still just in the Green Bay area. So they don't get that wide of distribution right now. And I'll tell you, even though this is a nice beer to recommend to people that aren't huge into beer uh, to try while they're at the brewery, this is not something that I would throw out there as your, uh, as your distribution beer. An IPA, sure. IPAs always go good out in public and, and, and distribution, but uh, maybe, maybe a stout would have been better. And I don't even know if they have a stout because the damn link on their website doesn't work. All right, Titletown Brewing. I do want to stop by there while I'm here. And I'm sure this conversation would be much different if I was able to stop by there and talk to their brewmaster, but uh, that didn't work out. But red ale, it's it's red, it's ale. It's just it's just this beer taste. It's very, it reminds me of, a, I guess it works out that it's an Irish red ale. I do get... I feel like I should be in a pub drinking a pint um, over and over and over again. Just, you know, lots and lots of pints. So, good times. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. second beer today is from Badger State Brewing. It's also right here in Green Bay. They opened up in 2013 after a, a guy and his cousin, I believe it was, were doing some home brewing and kind of grew out of control and they opened up the brewery and have been doing well ever since. Their tap room, I believe 24 taps, but it's just beer only tap room, so there's no food there. So if you find yourself in Green Bay, uh, grab some food ahead of time. Or, you know, don't. Just, you know, Uber there and get drunk. Um, but this is Green Chop Session IPA. This is way more my style. It is 4.8% ABV and a 63 IBU. So this, right along with uh, the last few years' trends of Session IPAs, something that grew out of a British thing from decades and decades ago, which if you want to know about that, Check out episode like three, I think we talked about it. But session IPAs are great. I obviously if you're a hop fan, you get a lot of the hops right off the the front and both in aroma and flavor. And this is no exception to that. But you don't get the, you know, seven, eight percent alcohol, so you can drink more of them or, you know, drink the same amount and not get shit faced, because not everybody drinks to get drunk. Um this is this is tasty though. This has got this has got a very uh, strong IPA. It's not it's not like a light IPA. It's definitely a little darker. Um, almost almost has the same red hue as the uh, Irish red, but the hops are, are very strong. Um, not as much in the aroma, but definitely uh, on the back half, like at the back of your tongue. It's really nice. Uh, I'm gonna read the description off the can as I do from time to time. I'm going to read it in a nice, folky voice. 
Farming the earth is all day work. And here in Wisconsin, it's also a way of life. We celebrate our bountiful land and those who work it by blending six unique American hop varieties for a less bitter, easy-drinking IPA with a light, bright, fresh-cut flavor. Our Yeoman series of perennial beers honors the hard work and determination that built our state and continue to drive it forward every day. Prost. Beautiful. Uh, and it is. It's, it's, it's light, but still that blend of hops. I would love to know what six hops they use because it's, it's kind of unique. Um, it's not, not a flavor I'm used to with most IPAs especially session IPAs. And I will say from Michigan, obviously I have a, uh, I have a very obvious base for session IPAs, which is all day IPA, which at this point, the entire country almost does. Cause they have expanded to degrees. I can't even fathom. And then, you know, they occasionally bitch about the possible increase in price on aluminum for their cans when they sell things like KBS for $25 a bottle. That's neither here nor there. Um, this is a delicious beer though. And it is funny, even though it feels very full in your mouth, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of perverted things you can say about beer. I will finish this thought, I promise. Even though it feels very full in your mouth, uh, it's, it's very light by the time it goes down. <laughs> I should have thought of that one before I said it. Keeping it in the show, guys, because I like to think that somewhere out there, you're just as pervy as I am. <laughs> Alright, for this week's main topic from the 90s, if you are a uh, Christian, you might want to open your mind a little bit because... This, uh, this topic may offend you as it offended many Christians, especially Catholics in the late nineties. And that is the film dogma. Uh, dogma is written and directed by Kevin Smith, also known as silent Bob dogma stars quite a few, like really great actors and people that have gone on to do amazing things and people that were great, uh, in their time, especially in the nineties, early two thousands. This movie came out in 1999, so there's definitely a spillover from uh, 90s actors into 2000s actors. And then people that have just built their career to uh, Hollywood gods at this point, including two of the main stars. But without further ado, uh, the cast is as follows. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Linda Fiorentino... Selma Hayek, George Carlin, Alan Rickman, Chris Rock, Jason Lee, Kevin Smith, and Jason Mewes, Jay and Silent Bob, and Alanis Morissette, uh, who plays God in the film. And if you haven't seen this, I don't know why. Maybe it's you. Maybe it is for religious reasons. I will say this though: this movie is probably the most humbly honest movie about Catholicism. Uh, Kevin Smith is actually raised Catholic and still considers himself a Catholic. So something to think about when you're judging this movie, if you are a religious person and doing so, but because of that and the knowledge that he has, he was able to write it in a way that 
is actually brutally honest about uh, Catholicism. And then, you know, there's a lot of tongue in cheek and dick and fart jokes because it is a Kevin Smith movie, but done extremely well. I'm a huge fan of this. I mean, I was, I was a big fan of Kevin Smith from Mallrats on. I saw Mallrats before Clerks and we used to watch it in my buddy's basement like 97. No shit. 96. We'd watch it all the time. Like every day after school. Such a funny movie. So when Chasing Amy came out, obviously we're into that. Um, even though that was hitting in some areas we, we were all slightly uncomfortable with, but uh, you know, the nineties were a different time. And you know, it's what, are you ever comfortable talking about fisting? Okay. Anyway. Uh, and then dogma, which was amazing. Such a, such a great film. So the premise, if you haven't seen it, or if you want a little refresher is uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon play Bartleby and Loki, two fallen angels who have been, um, <laughs> sent to Wisconsin for eternity for, uh, disobeying God. They did something to piss God off. Oh, that's right. Uh, Matt Damon, who plays Loki. So I'll refer to him as Loki from now on. Loki, uh, Bartleby got Loki drunk and Loki threw down his fiery sword as I believe the line goes and told God, he's not going to kill in his name anymore. And so God said, fuck you. Y'all are going to Wisconsin and sent Loki and Bartleby to Wisconsin for the, uh, all of eternity. <laughs> That's one of the reasons we're doing this movie for this episode. Cause we're in green Bay and it's hilarious that the, the punishment <laughs> for two angels is to spend all of eternity in Wisconsin guys. There ain't a lot here. Uh, there's no green Bay downtown. I don't know what people told you. I will say a Milwaukee downtown is pretty badass, uh, but we're not there. We're in green Bay. So, um, Bethany, who's played by Linda Fiorentino is works in an abortion clinic and is apparently turns out to be the last scion, which means she's like the last descendant of Jesus Christ himself. And trouble ensues when Bartleby and Loki decide that they're going to go through this gate in New York, or is it New Jersey? It's probably New Jersey, knowing Kevin Smith. Um, that George Carlin, who plays a cardinal, which is hilarious because he's atheist, um, has said, anyone who passes through this gate, all your sins are forgiven. And that would prove God and uh, wrong, which would undo existence. There's a lot deeper things there that I could go into, but I don't want to waste your time. I want to talk about the amazingness of this movie. So <laughs> I'm going to go through the cast again, just talk about who everybody plays. Like I said, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, Bartleby and Loki, and they would, this was like right off the tails of Goodwill Hunting too. And I believe it was right before they actually won all their awards for it. So Kevin Smith was probably able to get them at the, the friend price. I know Ben Affleck and Kevin Smith were good friends back then. I'm sure they're still good friends now, especially since Ben Affleck's playing Superman. One thing that Kevin Smith was actually commissioned to write at one point, but that's a story for another show. As I said, George Carlin plays a Cardinal, um, which is <laughs> just phenomenal. He comes up with the, he wants to revamp the Catholic church. And he says, uh, something along the lines of Jesus on the cross looks all hokey. So he comes up with something that many of you are familiar with, whether you know it's from the movie or not, which is Buddy Christ, which is, you know, Jesus giving the thumbs up and smiling. Uh, the big statue of that, as far as I know, and as far as I can find online, is still in 
Kevin Smith's comic book store in Asbury Park, New Jersey, or Red Bank, New Jersey, actually, sorry. Everything for Kevin Smith is in New Jersey. It's very strange. <laughs> really funny, though, and rest in peace, George Carlin, really funny guy, and he doesn't hold back his lines in this either. It's fantastic. Um, Chris Rock plays Rufus, who is apparently the 13th apostle that was not included in the Bible because he's black, which is absolutely amazing. <laughs> and uh, has some of the best lines. Shows up naked because he literally falls from heaven naked and lands on the ground and uh, takes Kevin Smith's coat to cover himself up. Yeah, funny stuff. Uh, Jason Lee, who was actually supposed to play Loki and hang out with Ben Affleck, which would have been like Chasing Amy Part 2 in a weird way. He ended up playing Azrael, which is a smaller role because of scheduling conflicts. And if I'm looking at the timeline, I'm wondering if that was like uh, My Name is Earl or some crap like that. Who knows? He was in a lot of movies at the late 90s, early 2000s. Could be a lot of different stuff. Salma Hayek plays Serendipity, the muse that inspired, <laughs> as she says every top grossing film except for home alone someone had to sell their soul to the devil to pay for that piece of shit <laughs> which is sad because i think that uh, we talked about that when we did a home alone episode a few months ago that's <laughs> that's a funny line from dogma but it's a little offensive because home alone's amazing <laughs> that's timeless isn't it maybe i'm wrong uh it's timeless for me and my generation so i'll be selfish about that statement and then the late, great Alan Rickman. Um, Alan Rickman was given this uh, script because Kevin Smith heard that he liked Chasing Amy, his previous movie. So they, they got up the confidence to give the script to Alan Rickman and be like, hey, we want you to play Metatron, who is the voice of God. And Alan Rickman read the script and he came back with two questions, one of which, uh, are we going to stick with the script? And two was, are the wings going to be real or CGI? So apparently they, he required the wings, the, yeah, the wings to be real. And then he really admired the script and wanted to stick to it. So, uh, like stay true to the script. And that's really, that's really cool. They got him. Cause I mean, Alan Rickman is one of the best actors, uh, ever. I was going to say of our time, but it's, I mean, of film. So of the last what 120 years. So good for them. And uh, no disappointments here. He's both serious and funny and delivers his lines with expertise. And Jason Mewes, who plays uh, Jay in the Jay and Silent Bob duo, actually memorized the entire script because before they started the rehearsals, Kevin Smith was like, look, we got Alan Rickman. He's a real fucking actor. No dicking around on this. You better know all your lines. And he was so freaked out and didn't want to piss off Alan Rickman that he memorized the entire script. Uh, which is funny because at the time he was like doing heroin because Jason Mewes. Uh, the screenplay for Dogma was actually written before Clerks, which was Kevin Smith's first movie. So even though Dogma came out in 99, uh, the script for Dogma was written before 94 because Clerks came out in 94. Uh, Kevin Smith didn't feel like he was ready to make it and he knew he didn't have the production value to make it well at that point so it was kind of put on hold so bethany the main character played by linda fiorentino i will continue to fuck that name up this entire time uh, she was originally supposed to be played by alanis morissette but alanis morissette was on a world tour from 98 to 99 so she obviously did not have time to be in this movie 
but she was done in time to play the role of God. And Kevin Smith actually said after working with Linda Fiorentino that he wished he would have given the role to Janine Garofalo, who also co not co-stars. She just got a little bit part as a co-worker in the abortion clinic early on in the movie. And looking back, I think that would have been a good fit. That would have been kind of funny. As I said before, Dogma is the fourth film of Kevin Smith's in the View Askew universe, as they call it, because uh, View Askew is the production company that they founded. Um, Kevin Smith and ooh, his buddy, whose name I cannot think of, Scott Mosier. There it is. I know too much about Kevin Smith's career. Uh, it was preceded by Clerks, Mallrats, and Chasing Amy, and then followed by Jane Silent Bob Strike Back and Clerks 2, uh, all intertwined with the characters Jay and Silent Bob and other random characters that you never actually like see, uh, except maybe in the first Clerks, but um, you t everyone has stories about him, like Walt Flanagan's dog. But Kevin Smith, actually, because so this movie was heavily protested by uh, like Catholic organizations and Christian organizations uh, around the country and around the world. Uh, the most popular popular famous i don't know how you would say it but the catholic league was the big one that really were saying hey don't make this because it's blasphemy and you guys are a bunch of tools and there's a lot of funny stuff behind that so first of all uh obviously they said all this stuff about the movie before the movie was released so no one had seen it and then the leader of the catholic league sent a private email to view askew productions asking for a private screener of dogma so that they could intelligently protest it. And Kevin Smith replied, what were you doing for the last six months? Obviously, you know, ignorantly protesting it because uh, they didn't know exactly what it was about. And there was countless uh, copies of scripts that were leaked online that were either fake or made specifically to be leaked that weren't real. You know, the list goes on. But... So during one of the protests, Kevin Smith joined in the protest. He wore a disguise and joined the protesters to pick at his movie. Uh, and he was discovered by a reporter who was like, Hey, you're, you're him. You're Kevin Smith. And he's like, Oh no, I get that all the time though. <laughs> I was actually in a TV interview, um, as some random protester and it was him. He was protesting his own movie just to fuck with people. That was fantastic. Uh, one thing I never noticed until I was doing some research on this, and if you're watching the movie or you're going to watch the movie or you're like, hey, I already saw that movie, but this strikes you as odd, you can watch it again. Uh, Bartleby, Loki, and Metatron, the voice of God, Alan Rickman, all three of them are technically angels. Uh, the two fallen angels and then Alan Rickman, obviously. Uh, all of them have the exact same outfits. So they're all wearing, I think it's like jeans and a hoodie. And the hood and the hoodie is supposed to signify the halo. And then the only difference between their outfits is the color of their hoodie and maybe their jeans. So it's a, it's a funny little thing. Like I've seen this movie countless times because I'm one of those people that rewatches movies over and over and over again, uh, especially Kevin Smith movies in like late nineties, early two thousands over and over and over again. But I never picked up on that, which is funny until I read that today. And then I like the symbolism there with the hoods and the halos and makes me want to look for other people wearing hoods or if anything happened at the end, anybody's wardrobe changed when everything went to shit, who knows digging deep though. Um, and then in the beginning, 
uh, and I got, well, I got to find out what airport this is at. Uh, Bartleby and Loki, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon are sitting in an airport and Matt Damon's commenting to him, you know, like, why do you always come here every week? You come here. And this was pre nine 11. So you could, this is back when you could go right up to the gate and greet your loved ones as they got off the plane. And you know, that's why he liked going there. So you could really see people like their true emotions. He comments, you know, like, Oh, she cheated on him twice while she was gone. But like, none of that mattered at that moment because they just had missed each other and true human connection happening there. It's actually like, it's a sad, but beautiful kind of scene. Apparently, and I think he was dating her at the time during that scene while it was being filmed. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow was just off camera sitting in the airport in like one of the seats because she was visiting Ben Affleck on site that day. So that's kind of just a little funny thing, a little funny tip. Maybe she snuck into one of the scenes in the background in that beginning montage of them sitting at the airport. Something to look for next time. Now, but there's a lot of really funny stuff that's in this movie that I didn't even know about or pick up on because I don't know history of things like Alice in Wonderland, but like through the looking glass is referenced and can, <laughs> Loki uses through the looking glass, the Alice in Wonderland book, uh, to convince a nun to abandon her faith and go, you know, do whatever she wants. The irony of course, being that the author, uh, through the looking glass is the conservative Christian. And that was obviously not the idea that he had when he wrote that book, but a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. And very, this, this movie actually like got me into religion because there's a lot of stuff in there. That's not wrong. Like, like I said at the beginning of this, Kevin Smith was a Roman Catholic. He was raised Roman Catholic. Like he was very Catholic. He knows the ins, the outs, how it's run. Sure. He's read the Bible many times and he's raising a Catholic right now. And he says he's still Catholic. And so when you put that sort of substance into something, it's okay to have a sense of humor about something like that. That's, I guess that's the point I'm trying to get across. I'm not trying to preach, but this movie's like heavily about religion, even though it's incredibly offensive in that way. But I mean, open your mind, have a sense of humor. It's actually really funny and it'll make you think about a lot of different stuff and, uh, actually dive in. Like, I think I researched a lot of different stuff about the Bible um, in high school because I saw this movie and I was like, wait, is that true? Wait, is that true? Oh, is that what it says? Cause you know, who has time to read the whole fucking Bible? Um, but check it out. It's really, really, really funny. It's possibly really offensive depending on what your beliefs are. But uh, I mean, it's great. It's, I think in my opinion, it's his best, like it's his most well-written movie by far. And, there's a lot of funny anecdotes that go along with it. If you have the DVD, I know there's special editions with deleted scenes and everything commentaries and everything. Kevin Smith is an amazing speaker. If you have an opportunity to listen to any of his spoken word or Q and a or anything like that, or even the commentaries on the DVDs, he's really funny, very well-spoken and, and has some amazing stories. So check it out. Dogma 1999 probably seen it before but it's probably been too long so get a refresh stop the run stop the run stop
Just as your sex ed teacher in high school says as he puts a condom on a banana, that's going to wrap it up. And we're going to call it a day. A week? We're going to call it a week. If we call it a day, I'll be putting on a lot more episodes. Nobody wants to do that, guys. Uh, Green Bay, you have been, you've been fine. You've been okay. I mean, I'm not getting any better weather than I am in Michigan. And uh, so far, breweries, I'm, I'm going 50-50 here. Badger State doing well title tone i'll have to try your ipa because your red ale is i mean it's just like killian's which is a compliment because killian's is is widely distributed and, and very popular but i guess i just i think i'm now discovering that i really don't care about red ales it's not that i don't like them it's just i don't eh, whatever eh. it's like a pilsner with like a more malty taste i don't know it's not not for me it's not for me guys Give me a stout or a porter or a scotch ale or an IPA or, I don't know, get creative. I'm a big fan of creativity. Uh, I Thank you, Titletown Brewing, for getting back to me, though, uh, a couple times back and forth there. I'm sorry we couldn't work anything out. And I do want to go see your little train station brewery, especially just to, just to make up for this red ale. I want a good beer, and I feel like you guys probably make them. You should distribute them more widely if you do. Badger State Brewing also has distribution, um, but primarily in this area. I've checked zip codes in Chicago, Minneapolis, Detroit, um, all the surrounding states of Wisconsin, and I cannot find them anywhere but Wisconsin. So if you're in this area, there's a couple beers you can try in your local liquor store or Fresh Time or Kroger or whatever the hell they have here. Otherwise, what are you going to do? Go watch Dogma. It's amazing. I'm not going to get too much into that again because I already told you to do that. But thanks for listening. Um, Beersin90s.com is slowly coming up. You can go there and visit now. There's not a bunch there, but there's some stuff. And if there's any topics you want us to cover or beers you want us to cover or suggest, or if you're uh, doing an event or something and you want us there uh, to do an episode or something, just go on Beersin90s.com and let us know. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at beers and 90s or email beers and 90s at gmail.com for all those i get this question even though i thought it was obvious um it is b-e-e-r-s-a-n-d-9-0-s there's no ampersands it's a-n-d you can't put an ampersands in twitter handles and email addresses so beers and 90s.com thanks for listening episode 27 in the books that's a that's a Cal Cagno line in the books. Uh, it's done though. All right, leave me alone. Thanks so much. Love you guys. Kisses. Bye bye. I've done everything as you say. I followed your rules without question. I thought it would help me see things clearly. 